Good evening, everybody. It's great to have you here for a Tuesday night. Tuesday night, second day of the new week. It's the 25th, April 25th, 2023. 6.57 p.m. on the East Coast. So we are going to get kicked off. And tonight is going to be a little bit more of a news night. Current events. We're going to start getting into a little bit more culture and other topical kind of things um, tomorrow and into the rest of the week. But still, we got a great guest tonight. He hasn't been on in quite a few months. I think this is his first, definitely his first appearance in the new year. It's an old year now. But Tony Arterburn, who is the, uh, the guy, the brains behind Wise Wolf Gold and Silver who helps us uh, provide gold and silver supplies to people in the audience over there. They're on the affiliates page. and But he's got his own show. He does a lot of great work with hosts that we all know. Um, I actually met him through Charlie Robinson. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of camaraderie here, and he's got a really a, a great beat on what's going on with the world and there's plenty of stuff going on so we're going to do some news and grab bag in the the beginning we got to watch this uh biden 2024 video i watched about 30 seconds of it i said all right if i'm going to suffer through it everybody else is coming with me it's about three minutes long i bet you any money we get through only about two minutes but um but we'll do that tonight and then we'll bring on Tony, and we'll close out the first hour. In the second hour, I have a couple of other extras I, I think we can do, and then we'll just take some calls because I haven't heard from anybody since Saturday night, which I should say, I should make note that Saturday night, after Saturday night, I got a quite a few really awesome night shift spooky stories that came in from the audience. It always happens. I tell people, hey, I got this thread that's open. I try to get people at least two weeks' time to get in there. And um, and then the day after we do the show, these banger stories come in. So I'm leaving that thread open. I added them in. And if you have any stories of your own that you want to add in there, put you can go into the forum on quitefrankly.tv and put it in there. And when we go live on a Saturday in May for next month's Saturday night special, I will uh, I will read those too. As we just have general conversation, we can sprinkle in a little spookiness. Why not? So, just putting that out on the table for you. Out on the table, like an open box of Entenmann's cake. And uh, hello to everybody who's watching tonight. We, have, we probably have a, a lot of first-time viewers, new audiences coming in. I would also like to make an, a, an important announcement on behalf of our good friend, BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. YouTube took his whole channel down, his big channel, like nearly 700,000 subscribers, terminated without a warning, and of course his appeal was rejected in like 10 minutes. So that's all gone. You will no longer be able to find BCP on YouTube. I think he's going to be opening up a rumble, but um, I spoke with him on the phone today and uh, just went over. I, I said, "What? Do you, what are you? Uh, what's the URL that you are? So you're." you're putting out there that you're working on and he said the real bcp.com so if he was part of your daily your daily media intake 
then please go to therealbcp.com, put that in your bookmarks, and that's how you stay in touch with people. Again, this May, every night could be the last time that we see each other on YouTube. Every night could be the last time. So please, ladies and gentlemen, make quitefrankly.tv your primary. You can do the Rumble, you can do Theta, DLive, whatever it is, whatever you want for the, t- the 7 p.m. show. But only quitefrankly.tv is where programming continues on with the network content in the late nights and the weekends. And that is just the hub of everything that belongs to the show. That's where the forum is. That's where all of our pertinent links are. The on-demand section, quitefrankly.tv. And just give yourself little uh, reminders when we go live. 7 o'clock on weekends. Weeknights. Shit. See, I don't even know. So this is why we have to take responsibility. <laughs> because it's bad. It's bad out there. All right. All right. So let's jump into our grab bag, shall we? Shall we? What's the first one up? No, that's not what I was looking for. Where is it? Oh, okay. First thing up is I got a, uh, I got a message over here from Matt in the audience. And the message was in regards to the Tennessee, the Tennessee manifesto, the shooter's manifesto that they said uh, nobody should be able to read because it was just too dangerous, too dangerous for people to know about. Well, I got this from a listener in the audience. Hey, Frank, just listening to the manifesto segment in the intro yesterday, but on yesterday's No Agenda, both Curry and, uh, and John... Had the Tennessee law had some Tennessee law enforcement say to them prior to this news that the manifesto acted as a how to carry out similar acts and specified buildings, supplies, and specifically targeted Christians. I don't know if the chapters are posted, but they are a pretty good assessment confirming the information they had gotten prior to the reports. That is what they were talking about on the No Agenda podcast. That so so there you go. I'd love to have uh, Adam Curry on the show. And I reached out to John a couple of times. John was the one that, that blessed me. Um, what was it? 2018, 19? That was a very surreal week where John complimented me out of nowhere. I think Adam asked John, what, what have you been listening to lately or something? And he said, uh, quite frankly, I love the way that he handles the microphone and blah, blah, blah. And it was so, it was amazing. It was really, really a high compliment because these guys are OGs when it comes to podcasting. They are OGs. And and then the next episode, Adam brought me up asking uh, how his how John's listening has been with me. Man, I, I, I got to go back and find those and just listen to it and bask in in the uh, the energy of 2018, 19 again. I've tried to get in touch with both of them and... Um, it's just very hard to flag him down, but maybe one day. Still a, a very high compliment all those years ago now. But there's a little bit more on the inside baseball with why the the dangerous manifesto isn't coming out. It's, 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 it's probably dangerous for everybody. It's dangerous for narratives about how there is a growing anti-Christian sentiment, a murderous growing anti-Christian sentiment that is very slowly, subliminally, uh, boiled inside the minds of people who are already very unbalanced by the media and all the people who control the media. But there you have it. 
Speaking of the media and unbalanced minds, here is a special press conference. There's a special press conference over there at the White House where uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre wanted to announce that this is Lesbian Visibility Week. Uh, and and it's, it's only April. Why, why not give everybody a visibility week within the four weeks that you have in June that you have completely shredded apart? Where everybody goes blind with the rainbow bullshit in June. Well, why? See, this is what I'm saying. It, it is complete move over, move over. Every month, every week, get the hell out of the way. Going to blast you in the face with propaganda and madness. Listen to her go on and on. I guess she's surrounded by other lesbians in the, uh, in the, in the government. Why else would they be, these women be huddled around her? If not to be props, I don't know. Listen. So this week is Lesbian Visibility Week, and as the first openly queer person to hold the position of press secretary for the... Queer? Uh, an odd person? The first openly odd, peculiar person? What does that mean? Why would she call herself odd and peculiar? Very, very strange. And who voted on Lesbian Visibility Week? Who came up with this? Was it a YWCA somewhere? the first openly queer person to hold the position of press secretary for the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. I see every day how important visibility and representation are. I know, especially if you're trying to cross the street. You don't want to be in, you know, you don't want to be invisible to drivers. So it's uh, prior to the establishment of Lesbian Visibility Day, you can bump into a lesbian at any point in the day and be like, what the fuck was that? Like, you know how when you're walking down the street or something or through a park and all of a sudden you get, you, you, you know that you got, you walked into a spider web and you just see, you know when somebody has walked into a spider web because out of, out of nowhere they'll just be walking and then suddenly, and it looks like they're having a conniption fit or something like that. That happens with lesbians prior to the establishment of Visibility Day. You just bump into a lesbian, you have to get out, oh, whoa, what the hell was that? Fucking lesbians all over the place. You just can't see them. But thank God she's 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 turning all that around. Finally, a little bit of justice, social justice. Today, I'm honored to welcome the cast of the L Word and Generation Q, two Showtime series that chronicle the friendship. Oh, it's a cast. They don't work at the government, but they 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 do. If they work at any of the uh, the big entertainment networks, Showtime or anything like that, they are essentially carrying water for the government and the people who own the government. The love, the challenges, and the triumphs of strong, funny, and resilient queer women. So, there you go. Congratulations. Congratulations. You can see, I'm, uh, Secretary Pierre, that's all very nice and good, but you can you comment on what is becoming an increasingly obvious proxy war being fought against Russia now in Sudan that is again putting many innocent lives at risk. Uh, well, um, uh, I've addressed this earlier in the week and nothing has changed for the president or myself, but um, as I, I need to stress, I have been going down on other women for years. And uh, if any other information becomes available, I'll let you know. Oh, oh okay. Thank you. That's really all. That's really all that matters. Thank God she's the first. We'll have many more. All right. What else do we have? What else do we have? Over on the sun, 
on the from the is this the sun no the daily star here you have a little bit more space sex risks uncontrolled human conception with unwelcome sperm mutations conception what the hell does that have to do with sex um a new report warns that as space tourism becomes more commonplace, it is inevitable that some thrill-seekers will have sex in orbit, but conceiving a child in space could have unpredictable results. Despite the unsuccessful first launch for Elon Musk's Starship, experts still believe that space tourism is about to go mainstream, with more and more people signing up for a once-in-a-lifetime holiday in orbit. There will be no sea and little sunshine on these trips, but some bold vacationers could try to fit in some sex. However, a new report warns that space sex could be a danger that the space tourism is in industry is not prepared for. As long ago as 2005, space tourism operator Space Adventures announced a potential honeymoon in space for two tourists in a cramped Russian Soyuz capsule on the way to International Space Station. So far, no one has signed up for the orbital honeymoon, but Professor David Cullen says it's inevitable that some thrill-seekers will try to join the 100-mile-high club. So what's the problem? Uh, Professor Cullen of Cran Cranfield University says it's unrealistic to assume that all space tourism participants will abstain from sexual activities while exposed to microgravity and increased levels of ionizing radiation during space flight. This raises the possibility of uncontrolled human conception in space, which poses a significant risk to emerging space tourism sector. They just don't know what their, the negative effects could be on reproduction, namely the sperm. So what I would say is we should send up all those very uh, brave lesbians from the White House. And... Um, and we will not have any of these these problems. So, all right. Be on the lookout for that. And wear a little lead bib around you like a fig leaf if you are a guy that you go up there. Make sure that those testes do not have to suffer the, uh, the insult of all that radiation. There has been another misfire in space today, though. And that was from this Japanese lander that uh, seems to have crashed into the moon instead of landing safely. Here is what was first going on. It's what we woke up this morning with. It's nearly time for a privately developed Japanese lunar lander to make a historic attempt to touch down on the moon. After spending five months in transit to reach the moon, following a looping but fuel-efficient trajectory, the Hakuto-R mission will attempt to land on the moon as early as Tuesday. If its mission operators decide to proceed, the landing attempt will begin as soon as 11.40 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday. It will be live-streamed. I was watching for a little while. The landing attempt will start from an altitude of about 100 kilometers above the lunar surface, where the spacecraft is presently in circular orbit. It will begin with the braking maneuver by firing of the spacecraft's main engine to be followed by a pre-programmed set of commands, blah, blah, blah. Based in Tokyo, iSpace was founded in 2010 as part of the Google Lunar X Prize competition and has since emerged as one of the new generation of companies focused on commercial lunar services. The company aims to design and build lunar landers and rovers and ultimately provide high-frequency, low-cost transportation services to the moon. Long-term plans to develop lunar resources and to sell them to others. That's, uh, that's another thing that they had going on there. So... Um, 
so let's see here. This lunar landing is at the vanguard of a number of private landing attempts sponsored in part by NASA's Commercial Lunar Payload Service Program, which purposes transport to the moon from private companies. Two U.S.-based companies, Astrobotic and Intuitive Machines, could both launch their lunar landers to the moon sometime this summer. Astrobotic says the lander is ready to fly, but the company is waiting on United States or United Launch Alliance to complete the development with the Vulcan rocket. Now, what happened was it crashed. It did not land. So this was updated around 1.15 p.m. this afternoon, Eastern Time. The Japanese company iSpace maintained communication with its Hakuto-R spacecraft until the final moments before it was supposed to land on the moon. The company's founder, Takeshi Hakamada, said on Tuesday. His comments came about 25 minutes after the company's lander was due to make a soft touchdown on the lunar surface. Then they lost contact. As a result, it is highly likely the lander crashed into the moon. Quote, we have to assume that we did not complete the landing on the lunar surface, Hakamata said on the company's webcast, his voice filled with emotion. We will keep going, never quit in our quest. The company's engineers will continue assessing data from the spacecraft during the descent on Tuesday, though all of them were forced to commit suicide because of the disgrace to their country and to their colleagues. So they're going to have to rebuild the entire, the entire team. They're all gone. They're all gone. So that's it. All right. So here's another one for you. One, this is one last. Yeah, I got one last one. I've got one last one, uh, and this is from Mattel. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? CNN Business. Mattel introduces the first Barbie doll. I am not lying. The first Barbie doll representing a person with Down syndrome. So... um Mattel introduces, so, and I'm trying to see what's going on here. Mattel on Tuesday introduced the first ever version of the Barbie doll representing a person with Down syndrome. The new doll is a part of Mattel's Barbie Fashionistas line, which aims to offer kids more diverse representations of beauty and fight the stigma around physical disabilities. They're just, again, again, after the, the 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 national anthem, which was preceded by the the black national anthem, which this is just silly and sucks, at the Super Bowl, it's, it's one thing after another. The national anthem ends, and then an all-female flyover, which in any other time would be like, huh, that's a cool little novelty, all-female flyover, or it's an all it's an all-female you know jet group like the Blue Angels or something like that. Who knows? But it's just the people who are providing it. They are the most insidious fucks on the planet. That it's just not kosher. It just don't feel kosher. First of all, were were children with Down Down syndrome not able to play with the dolls that are already out there? Was it not a was it not a, a satisfying experience prior to this? And what is different about this Barbie? I, I don't know. Are there special instructions that come with this Barbie? Is there is there a reflection booklet? Things that, that, that people who don't have Down syndrome should 
be reflecting on as they're... Is this like the Stations of the Cross? I don't know. But anyway, here's a little bit more on what's going on. Finally, in 2016, as it faced softening sales for the doll of the doll, Barbie, uh, Mattel crafted Barbie into a more realistic depiction by making the newer dolls more inclusive and diverse. In their appearance, Barbie was reintroduced in four body types and several skin tones. With 22 eye colors and 24 hairstyles, her evolution continues with Barbie fashionistas, which came three years later. The newest fashionista doll, which Mattel said was reviewed by a medical professional, introduces a new face. See, this the medical professional's review is what gives CNN the ability to write out the next couple of lines without being uh, without being castigated or screamed at for being insensitive or stereotypical. I, I don't know. Reviewed by a medical professional, introduces a new face and body body sculpt illustrative of women with Down syndrome including a shorter frame, a longer torso. The face features a rounder shape, uh, smaller ears, a flat nasal bridge, while the eyes are slightly slanted and an almond shape. Its palms include a single line and characteristic often associated with those, uh, characteristic often associated with those Down syndrome, according to Mattel. A new Barbie wears a pink ankle foot orthotics to match her dress and her sneakers featuring a zipper to represent children with Down syndrome, some of whom use orthotics to support their feet and ankles. So it's just above and beyond, I guess. And ultimately, obviously, I don't, I, I don't want, uh, I don't care what children play with as long as they're all happy. But this is, this represents, this represents the pandering of adults not the needs of children. Uh, Aurora plays with uh, plays with, with strands of, of ribbon that was attached to Christmas gifts still. She refuses to let go of these red and pink ribbons that were once used to wrap up Christmas presents. So as far as children's ability to use their imagination, which is the real whole thing here, you have adults trying to spell things out to the micro detail for children of what's there, what, what represents them, what's the whatever, instead of just giving them human forms, giving them things and saying, go and, go and play. But, you know, Mattel is trying to turn a dollar here and they want to reinvent the wheel. And um, I don't know how, how popular dolls even are these days. Because all of our gizmos and gadgets and commodities for children are, are, are uh, most of them are electronic based now. So uh, I guess you got to try to break new frontiers to keep the, the, the operation going. Anyway, just some odd news for you. And with that, we're going to start off the show. This was the pre-show. That's right. Just the pre-show. Some people only do a 20-minute podcast. Well, that was our warm-up. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a fun night. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. 
And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Okay. All right. So, I don't know what's going on on Foxhole. I was just, uh, let me see if I'm getting this in. Let me see. Is everything okay over there? It looks like everything is. Anyway, I was getting audio reports of there being crazy looped audio on Foxhole. So, if you got anything weird going on on Foxhole, make, uh, make it known. Make it known. We're trying out new types of syndication uh, methods over there so that we don't have to break our stream at all and can just keep going. Don't cross the streams. Anyway, a little, little rat for you. It is the time for some good old metal. Hair metal, especially. Although rat, I don't know, I wouldn't put them in there. Sometimes, maybe. But they, they cross over. Like Cinderella, they go they go beyond there too. Tesla, I wouldn't put them in hair, but maybe you could. I don't know. There's some there's a difference between Tesla and Rat and Poison, you know? You know? Alright, well anyway. So welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday and now we are going to go on our merry way. I am going to do something. I did not want to do, but it came by my desk this morning. I said, fine, but we're going to do it together. It is official. They are actually going to attempt this again, but why the hell not? I mean, at least this is how it's being set up. Joe Biden is going to uh, run, and he put it out. They put out a a big video today uh, announcing that he's going to be running again. Uh, well, we knew that, obviously, because they're, the DNC said no no debates because they barely got by I would say barely got by with the believability it's all about how much believability they can drum up in what kind of production they are pushing foisting upon the people because whether or not a person believes that Joe Biden was popular enough to garner 81 million votes from conscious living and breathing Americans is completely on the the aside compared to the ability to actually have 81 million pieces of paper processed in his name. Okay, those are two different things. But it's good if you can have some level of belief that the thing that is predestined is also legitimate because then there's less dysentery amongst the ranks, there's less discord, and there's more peace. We're beyond that. 
I don't think anybody's going to think anything that comes out of this government, especially in an electoral sense, is going to be legitimate ever again, even for those who think that Joe Biden is legitimate. When you have someone who goes out there and trounces one of the most popular presidents in American history, and Donald Trump, just based on his vote totals and how he grew it from four years alone, when you have somebody like Joe Biden who's out there who they believe trounced him with 81 million votes, then would you ever believe that a Republican would win an election again? Could you ever believe that a Republican could win or anybody other than their team could win an election legitimately ever again? Maybe they, maybe they would say they would, but I mean, come on. So this is where we're at. This is the level that we're at here. And I guess they're just at least going to roll the dice because you just never know how long he's going to last and what is really going on. I saw Hillary Clinton retweeted this video over here and said, I fully endorse Joe and Kamala, which just had this, I don't know, vulture circling the carcass kind of feel. Because you, don't, you, you never really know how, how too far away that Grim Reaper is from the scene. All right, let's take a let's take a listen to this and try not to parse it up too much. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. What does personal freedom mean? That's what I would like to know. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. Didn't he just uh, lift the emergency orders on, on the, uh, the emergency orders on the, on the, the pandemic? Did he, wasn't he like not moving an inch on vaccine requirements and he was talking about democracy and oh my gosh, does he, re- does he remember? Or, I don't know, he doesn't remember anything. But does anybody watching this remember the, the kinds of displays that he had in front of places like Liberty Hall in, uh, in Pennsylvania in late August of last year? The kinds of shit. And, and that'll pop up in here, too. They always drift between condemning half or more than half of the country and then talking whimsically, talking about, uh, about democracy and life and freedom. And then they go back to condemning more than half of the country again protect our rights to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Around the country, MAGA extremists. MAGA extremists. Whenever he has to go out and say uh, MAGA extremists or the MAGA something or whatever, he he tries, he makes this this really foul attempt at trying to distinguish oh no no it's it's just a sliver of republicans it's are, are trying to undermine this the bedrock principles of what of what of their breakaway imaginary nation that they continue to larp larp into existence every day that has nothing to do with the founding documents and what has been codified into law for over 200 years when you bring that up they call you an extremist actually so i i always wonder what country are you representing, and, and, and what are these bedrock principles, and when did we all, oh, it was a social contract. When did we sign that social contract? Oh, you were born, and we own you. It's called Social Security. 
When you're born, you get a social security number. Therefore, social contract. Everything you do goes through that number. Until, of course, we kill you off and then we give it to an illegal alien. Cutting social security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes from the very wealthy. You know, I didn't pay for anything my entire life. I was stolen from for my entire life. It, 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 the whole social security thing is as stupid as people saying, well, we put fluoride in the water because the, we, the, 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 the top dentists and healthcare people and, and, of course, our very loving representatives in, in government, they want to make sure that the average American has you know, stronger teeth than most people in the world. That is one thing that we want to be leading the pack on, strong, glowing teeth. We've got to dump all this this fluoride into the water. Please, we must do this. I love that. They said we're, we're, that we're, that's what we're doing for you, just like with Social Security. What we're going to do for you is we're going to take the responsibility you have to start a little side retirement account. We want to make sure everybody has something set aside for retirement. So what we're going to do is we're going to start stealing from you in the early tw- early 20th century. And by the end of the 20th century, there's going to be no more money left in the trust account because it. I don't know where it is. You know, usually when you start an HSA or something up, uh, something in your name, you put a you automatically $100 a month, $200 a month, $10 a month, whatever the hell you set aside, you know that that money is there for you on a rainy day, a day that you need it. It is all there for you. You've been paying into it your whole life. There's nothing left. Where where did it all go? But the, the the real the real obscenity is that anybody would notice this trend and say, "I think social security and the socialized medicine and all that stuff that you've been taking trillions of dollars from us over the years that no longer is there." I I think it's time that we rethink some stuff. And perhaps we can just encourage people to be more independent. You see, there's a difference between freedom and independence. Let's, let's encourage people from the time that they're young to be more independent and be forward-thinking about things like retirement instead of waiting for a check to show up every couple of weeks and going out and buying yourself a new pair of Jordans. You know, things like that, that there's not going to be a safety net because the safety net is just an illusion that really didn't last that long. What? What? Two lifetimes, if you take somebody that was born in the 1930s to now, two lifetimes, and it's gone. Dictating what healthcare decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. Yeah, banning books. Banning which Go on, go on, Joe. Tell, and telling people who they can love. Which books, Joe, which books are have been banned? Is it to kill a mockingbird? Because nobody, it seems like uh, Democrats don't want people reading that anymore. What about Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, Dr. Seuss, Mein Kampf? What books are being banned? Do do, do MAGA extremists want to update Roald Dahl for modern retards? Retard audiences? What, what, what are they trying to do? Is Rudyard Kipling getting canceled by uh, conservatives? Like he's being canceled by uh, crazy leftists in the UK. Oh, 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 he's talking about gay sex tutorial books in school libraries. Gotcha. Forgot about that. Like like they're taking precious American literature classics out of school 
because uh, it, it's inspiring bad ideas and and uh, and good diction. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. Yeah. Right. Right. All all vote. Voting. Voting. The the million millions of the stupidest, laziest people on earth are now one step away, literally one step away from being able to text in their vote. All right, that's how close we are to obscene ideas like that. We're not that far off. I say we're one step away from texting in their vote. Stupidest, laziest people on earth. From their government smartphones, they will be texting in their vote. Dan, don't you want to go on a strangling spree when you hear shit like this? When I see and hear shit like this, I want to go on a strangling spree. If you hear of somebody strangling somebody on the East Coast, it was not me. But I'm just saying, what's even more nauseating is thinking about the people who will see this video and go and just nod, nod, and maybe even get a little bit of emotional and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm, yeah. When I ran for president four years ago, when he ran for president four years ago, when Brian Stelter ran for pre- ran uh, for president for me four years ago, when the video editing department at MSNBC ran for president for me four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America. You're killing the soul of America. Soul. Want to talk about soul? Want to talk about love? Nothing says soul like a mother castrating her seven-year-old son for social acceptance from her friends on Tumblr. That nothing says soul like that. Nothing says love like men in banana hammocks getting dollar bills stuffed into their waistbands by children crawling around in leather dog costumes. And we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. Well, well, yeah. Well, the question is, what is a right and what is freedom? Does it have anything, any relationship to independence? Because independence is what people originally sought when they settled here, originally. Freedom is the ability to pretty much live like a, a two-and-a-half-year-old, running around in the yard in the sunshine, uh, you know, just doing anything, chasing, chasing uh, butterflies and picking dandelions. But you know, you, you know that you are being monitored and provided for constantly by parents and chaperones, or camp counselors, whatever the hell that is. Only thing is that the difference between a two-and-a-half-year-old running around without a care in the world, in their back or their front lawn, and everyday dependent adults in the U.S. is that uh, at least the two-year-old has parents that love them, all right? This video takes on that atmosphere of a caring old grandfather who does love you, but every last idea leads to fucking disaster. Disaster. Absolute disaster. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. <laughs> because I know America. No, you don't. I have I have sold America. I know we're good and decent people. That's true, but you're not a part of that equation. 
I know we're still a country that believes in honesty, respect, and treating each other with dignity. I don't think that we're a nation no. where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal. That no, no. Everyone is very far from equal. And that has nothing to do with what I know you're talking about. What they're talking about, again, signaling about tremendous racial disparities just because people are uh, one color or another or, you know, uh, sex or sexual preference or whatever the hell it is. Uh, It's not that. It's about individuals and how every person, black, white, man, woman, is not equal to the person next to them, regardless of whether they are black, white, man, or woman. That's just what it is. Um, but they are pushing a completely different bag of uh, of goods here. Completely different bag of goods. They're not selling anything that's philosophically sound and empowering. Uh, they want everybody to be the two-and-a-half-year-olds running around in the sun, maybe going to a nine-to-five, paying their bills on their own. Everybody's got a lot of Everybody's got stress. Everybody's got whatever. You know, it's not all sunshine and roses. But um, ultimately, they want to make sure that when push comes to shove, they've got you exactly nailed, nailed in place where they want you. Everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Everybody has a fair shot, you old piece of shit. I would love a fair shot at the kind of business adventures you've been on. Peddling nothing but your name. Nothing but your name and the throats you've been willing to cut to get where you are. I'd love that opportunity. Thank you for choosing us. Oh, there, there goes. There's his uh, Supreme Court justice that doesn't believe in the First Amendment. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment. Okay, done, done. What did I say? We'd only get the two minutes. I made it through one minute and fifty-eight seconds. I'm done. I can't do that. I'm going to throw up. I am literally going to throw up. I feel nausea just rising up in me. Anyway, and again. Just the most disturbing thing about these videos is like this, it takes on this vibe of the serial killer taunting a victim that has been bound and gagged in their basement. Taunting the victim with soft, coddling voice, uh, with that almost paternal, paternal voice there. I know, I know. Don't be afraid, it'll all be over soon. Let's finish the job, my sweet. Let's finish the job, because that's how the... I think that's how the uh, the video um, signed off, or or that that's the that's the new slogan for this this 2024 run. Let's finish the job. See, there's a job that has has had to be finished all these years, and this just so happens to be the opportunity to finish everything. And it just might be. It it just might be, in one way or another. No doubt. They've been building towards something. We're not really a part of it. We've been paying the tab along the way, and they're building towards something very big. But this, holy shit. Just incredible. Here's something I want to read before I bring on my guest tonight. Before I bring on Tony Arterburn. This is another nice, very well-written and uh, timely piece by James Howard Kunstler. It's called How Democrats Learn to Cast Aside Reservations and Embrace Biden 2024. The president, who is expected to formally announce his re-election campaign this week, has won the full support of his party despite questions about his age 
and middling approval ratings. Here's a quote. If you're going to lie, Joseph Goebbels said, used to say, in German, of course, make it a whopper. How did that work out for the Third Reich? Today, the New York Times says Joe Biden is revving up to run for president again in 2024. Is that so? One DNC strategist, Maria Cardona, was quoted saying, Democrats complain that he might be too old, but then they're asked, well, who? There is no one else. There you have the sucking chest wound at the center of the Democrat Party. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's, that's the whole thing. That was the sucking chest wound since before Joe Biden was pushed to the front of the line in 2020. You know, it, it, again, it doesn't matter. This is a matter of what can we push forward as a candidate that would be a believable victor in, when we put our old tricks to use. Who can be a believable victor? That's really it. Who, who could people believe might pull this off? Because we'll take care of the rest. Uh, Joe Biden will either be impeached for real. He said uh, that now I will. Okay, oh, sorry. Um, so calling him a sucking ch- chest wound. You understand this is exactly what you all get when all you do is tell lies always and everywhere about everything. Now I will tell you the truth. Joe Biden will not be running for president ever again. Joe Biden, this is all in quotations, will either be impeached for real high crimes and misdemeanors or he will be bum-rushed out of the White House on some medical pretext before Independence Day, this Independence Day. Joe Biden's crimes have finally caught up with him. He sold out his country. The facts have been out in plain sight since ever before the coalition of rogues and frauds stuffed him into office in January of 2021. As vice president under Mr. Obama, J.B. was allowed to run a global grifting operation that neither his family, that netted his family tens of millions of dollars. Mr. Obama received plenty of his own sanitized grift in the form of absurdly large book deals and TV contracts, enough swag to lead a deluxe life of a senior uh, 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 pangedrum, and his job post-presidency was to feed the woke hustle with an occasional speech and otherwise shut up. The uh, coalition of rogues and frauds, a.k.a. the permanent bureaucracy of the or the deep state, had committed so many crimes since 2016 that its sole agenda turned to driving the one-man wrecking crew called Donald Trump out of office and making sure he never got close to a lever of power ever again, by any means necessary. That is still all that matters to this gang. They managed to roll roll enough of the American public into the process to maintain power and influence over, over them via controls of the news, censorship, and their use of captive legal system to harass and punish their enemies. And now it's all falling apart. Oh, we get we get hope. How many Americans with the capacity to pay attention actually doubted the veracity of Hunter Biden's laptop? Very few, I'd guess, deep down, though millions pretended it was not for real because the contents were so obviously incriminating. So they had to lie to themselves. But then what's wrong with lying to yourself if all the authority figures in your society set the example of lying to you about everything, always and everywhere? Do you see where this habit of lying gets you? Oh, yeah. It's it's great. Great observing. Um, the trouble with lying, of course, is that it requires a never-ending struggle of covering up prior lies, and then that task requires the inter- the invention of new lies, which in turn induces more fabrication of lies in a self-reinforcing feedback loop, subject to the implacable, implacable, 
law of entropy, a wearing down to zero. That is the disbursement of energy wasting in a closed system. Like if you throw a ball, you throw a ball into a, into a box and it starts bouncing all over the, the walls on the inside. Eventually that energy is wasted and then boom, it just becomes inert. Until you have flown up your own cloacal aperture, the place where souls go to die. Now, maybe you see why the regime in power has made itself so deeply and heinously soulless, which is to say evil. But here's the thing. I don't understand. There's a little bit more here. It says that we're getting close. We're getting close to the end. But are we? I would not be surprised if they're looking way to to shed Joe Biden at whatever time he becomes not even useful as a script reader because it's really low risk, high reward at this point. He's so disposable. But I don't know why um, taking him down by, by through any kind of legal means that proves like Ukraine was not something that was just totally relegated to him. There are other, uh, it's bipartisan families out there. There's so much. So I always thought that if they're going to get him out of office early, it was going to be because, oh, uh, my heart can't take it or there was a diagnosis. There's going to be something medical. But still, there is, uh, there's a lot to be said. A lot to be said about this. And I guess there's more to, um, to go into. But for now, I'd like to expand the conversation with a good friend of mine of the shows and many of you out there. His name is Tony Arterburn from Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Tony, welcome back to the show. It's been too long. It has been too long. It's good to see you, Frank. Yes, it's very good to see you as well, my man. And uh, and uh, so so, how's everything with you? Uh, how's Melissa? How's the entire organization there? And, of course, you have a very healthy broadcast schedule, too. So tell us a little bit about your work on air. Well, sure. I've been in talk radio since uh, 2013 when I ran for Congress here in North Texas. And uh, since then, kind of gravitated into more of the conspiratorial realm, uh, alternative media, if you will. So sort of like what you do, Frank. Yeah. Um, that's I think it's where research takes you, as I told Charlie Robinson. And I just came to here by hard work and research. So um, that naturally got me into the gold and silver business. But, uh, yeah, my, my wife, Melissa, she homesteads. Uh, with me in, in Northwest Arkansas and I have a, a gold and silver shop in Branson, Missouri. One of the reasons I'm down here in North Texas, I set up a secondary branch in Denison, Texas, uh, almost almost on the Oklahoma border there, um, just to have a secondary uh, shop for buying product because anybody in the gold and silver business knows right now, it's hard to source actual physical metal. And I don't think that's going to get any easier. So yeah. it's one of the, I've been rotating a couple times a month down here trying to build that. I, I, we have to talk about that because, of course, when we, when we discuss what's going on in our laughable government and the laughable wars and everything that goes into the several types of resets that they're trying to, we have these spiritual resets with infiltration of churches and faiths. We have, of course, these economic torpedoing that's going on right now. Uh, it's all riding on whatever the hell is being invested in, in Ukraine. Now we're starting to see almost like a mirrored image conflict that is starting in, in Sudan, again, between Russia and America. Uh, but, you know, having these middlemen doing our fighting for us and it, it's all really not um it's not very it, it's not very promising as far as where we are going and especially since they declared that they want to wipe the slate clean of all things especially the dollar 
I mean, I've heard that there's silver shortages all over the place right now. Absolutely. Uh, and again, physical silver, physical gold, not what you see on the paper markets on Wall Street. You know, it's estimated, again, this can't be confirmed, but it's estimated the, you know, the ETFs, you look at silver, you look at SLV, supposedly there is only one ounce of physical silver that exists that they can source for every 240 ounces that they sell. Oh again, I can't confirm this. This is just a, what the analysts, people that have been work the silver bugs, people that have been following this for years, and people that I follow, uh, that's some of the analysis that comes out of that. And gold is probably no different. I mean, the biggest buyers of gold right now are central banks, Frank. This is not being talked about on CNBC or any of the mainstream uh, financial networks. I mean, Jim Cramer's not going to tell you that central banks are breaking records buying gold. Uh, the de-dollarization of the world has begun. There's nothing that you or I can do about it. Matter of fact, I don't wish it because it's going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to hurt my fellow countrymen and, and women. It's going to hurt this republic. It's going to hurt what we have left of the republic, if you still want to call it that. But it's going to hurt the United States. And um, I'm just trying to prepare people for it. I talk about it on my shows and great programs like yours. That's why I sponsor your program, because we need to get the word out. The, you know, the mainstream's not telling you the truth. It's not going into the deep analysis. It's not looking at the facts and figures. I mean, I was on David Knight's show uh, last week, and I said, hey, David, did you know that 75% of all the gold in circulation that exists today that's been put into bars and coins 75% of that was pulled out of the earth before 1910. Wow. So, I mean, we don't have this massive new supply hitting the market. I mean, it's people aren't finding, you know, new sources of gold every five minutes. Uh, it's a finite resource, and that's why gold is money. And in this new realm of de-dollarization and devaluation that's coming faster than anyone thinks, uh, again, the banksters are running to gold. They're not telling you to, which should really give you a clue. If they started telling everybody to buy gold, the price of gold would explode. But they don't want that because they want to make sure that this game of of, of the hoarding, if you will, uh, you know, collecting all the value, they want to get it before anybody else does. You know, when you say that there is approximately 240 pieces of paper claiming one, all making claims to the same single ounce of silver that is incredible and, and, and again right no, nobody can really confirm it this is just the analysis based on you know the, the the previous moves that they've done on the paper markets i'll give you an example and i've probably talked about it on your show before but it uh i think it, it in this time this climate it, it deserves a a once over again you look at the the silver paper markets what did they react when Back in 2021, there was a big push by the Reddit Wall Street people, the Reddit Raiders, all the people that had gone after GameStop, you know, and all that. They decided that they were going to get people to buy physical silver. So every physical shop, including mine, was they were blowing up, and they sold out of physical silver. I mean, pretty much across the board. The next day, the price went down. And the reason is, is because the paper market, the controllers and the big banks, uh, the mega banks, decided to sell off 1.5 times the annual supply of silver in one day to counter that demand. So they were just saying, and people started to sell their paper silver. It drove the price of spot down, so people turned it back in. It wasn't, um, it didn't 
you know, um, drive the needle. It didn't push silver up, and it should have. That's just basic economics. But they're playing with, again, this, uh, this, the fake markets, the paper markets. And I think that there's a reckoning coming. I don't know the day. I don't know what it's going to look like. But eventually, you know, when regular people, no normal people, uh, decide they want to turn their current, their fiat, worthless fiat Federal Reserve notes into something valuable like gold and silver, when that day comes, I don't think that it will, will exist. I don't think they'll be able to get their hands on it. And I think that's a sad thing. But um, people that are paying attention and ahead of the ball and, and you know, really uh, looking out for their financial health and protecting themselves against inflation and de-dollarization, they're going to be okay. Well, let me ask you this. This is a little bit more of a, of a uh, I guess, a logistical question. You're talking about how right now the, the people who are going out there and trying to gobble up as much gold as they can is the central banks. Um, gold and silver, well, I should say mainly gold confiscation, that is, that's happened before. People think about this all again, and you know, if if we think about what the Roosevelt um, administration did nearly a hundred years ago now, compared to now, if people thought that wow, this is government really acting outside the bounds of its authority, and uh, and and we are doing something completely unconstitutional, especially to the the way that we're supposed to denominate here in the United States. Well, here we are 100 years into the future, and government is so far more tyrannical than ever before, it's not getting any better. So if we're all hedging our bets that government is going to get more vicious than ever before, what do we need to start doing? Burying our stash and, and, and making treasure maps? I mean, what do you, what, how much do you, do you actually buy and where do you actually keep it safe if, these, if these, uh, these organizations, these bureaus, could really go on a gold hunting tour one day and try to take away people's excess stashes? Well, that's a great question. You know, people ask me that all the time. They said, well, can the government confiscate this or that? Or what if I have a collectible? And I'm like, the answer is yes. They can they can confiscate whatever you'll allow them to. Um, you know, there's ways that you can hedge against that. Like, you would never want to keep gold or silver in a safe deposit box because that's tied to the FDIC. It's tied to regulation. It's banking. You, again, they, they have a – it's hard to tell where government begins and banking ends and vice versa. So you don't really want to have that that type of asset in a safe deposit box. There's third-party storage vaults. You know, you kind of get that with your gold and silver, physical gold and silver IRAs. The wealthy keep their uh, gold and silver in private third-party storage vaults. I mean, you can check one out, see if it's right for you, do, you know, look into it. Um, but nothing is totally 100% safe in this Economic. I would never go out on and say that because I, they would be lying because there's so many contingencies. They're, they are corrupt. The difference is is that in 1933, when in, in April, when Franklin Roosevelt signed that executive order, it was or it was basically made gold hoarding gold illegal. It made owning gold coins illegal, and they said you had to turn it in. Well, some people didn't. A big chunk of Americans didn't because I can go out and find. Uh, pre-1933, uh, $20 gold pieces and $10 gold pieces and fives all the, all the time. I buy them, I own them. So uh, some people didn't turn it in. Uh, you know, I was given this lesson today with some customers that bought their first gold coin, and I talked about that, you know, how a $20 gold piece 
you know, from the founding of the United States of America to 1933 was $20, and there was no inflation. Inflation didn't exist. If you wanted to buy a pair of shoes in the days of George Washington, it's going to it's going to cost the same for that same thing in 1901. There was no inflation through the 19th century because we had a bimetallic standard. Of course, you can't get away with a lot of corruption. You can't have wars of choice. You can't have a military-industrial complex. You can't have a welfare state. You can't have a deep state if you have a gold standard. You really can't. It's hard to do because you have to account for stuff somewhere. You can't have Ronald Rumsfeld losing $2.3 billion on September 10th, uh, 2001. But the point of that is Franklin and I just want to jump in there, Tony, and for, for people who are trying to follow along to that and who, who are just starting to learn about this, the reason why they can't do that is because for there to be $2 trillion extra to be lost somehow, there needs to be $2 trillion extra gold to back that currency to even be printed in the first place. So the, 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 the fact that it's not actually tied to and backed up by a physical, um, an asset like coal, gold or silver is, uh, allows people to just keep the printing presses going. And here we are today with hundreds of trillions of dollars of liabilities, you know, on top of tens of trillions of dollars of money that's already been spent. Yeah, it's ne- it'll never be paid back. I mean, if you look at the trajectory of the debt of all the countries around the world since Richard Nixon took the U.S. off the gold standard in 1971, it's astronomical. And that's just its the history of mankind. You go back to 2,000 years, you see this giant spike in 1970s, and it's just trending farther and farther and farther. It, these are numbers that will never be repaid. Um, and the central banksters know this. That's why they're, they're looking for value. They're gobbling up assets. And... That's what I'm trying to, you know, tell my listeners, you know, look into this, do your own research, figure out where you stand when it comes to de-dollarization and what's happening next. Again, I don't wish it, I'm not cheerleading it, but I'll give you some facts and figures. Look at, um, you look at the year 2001, Frank, 75% of the transactions that went on around, financial transactions that went on around the world in 2001 were done in dollars, 75%, the world reserve currency, right? Mm. You fast forward to 2021, after COVID-1984 and, uh, you know, the, under Trump, they printed 40% of all the dollars ever created. Biden um, said, hold my beer, and then went to 80% of all the dollars created. But under that massive amount, trillions and trillions and trillions spent, it went to 55% of the world uh, using, or 55% of the transactions around the world using dollars. So after our sanctions on Russia, uh, 47% and declining rapidly with the BRICS nations, uh, really emerging the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Saudi Arabia is formally applied. There's 60 other nations, including Mexico, that has applied for membership into BRICS for a new c- set of currencies. So the game is pretty much over. I mean, we're the, the U.S. dollar uh, is not going to survive this, not in its current form. So what is that going to do to value when those trillions of dollars, Frank, when they're repatriated back to the United States? And I would tell your audience, 80 percent of all the paper currency ever created for the U.S. is not in the continental United States. It's outside of the continental United States. It's why it's the world's reserve currency. That's what keeps the Ponzi going. They're going to repatriate that those that currency. It's, again, it's not money. They're going to rep- repatriate the currency. When that happens, you're going to have a massive hyperinflation and or stagflation. You're going to have a, a, a tsunami of bad economic things happening. And uh, if you've got value, 
if you, if you decided not to buy into or invest into the system, you're going to be a lot better off, in my opinion. See, when I yeah, I wanted to talk to you about world events right now, but it, this is this is part of it. The de-dollarization is goes hand in hand with what's going on here in our domestic um, turmoil. What's going on with the the wars that are being still stoked at this point? That the I would love to hear your thoughts on on Ukraine and how even after even after these these uh, I mean decimating leaks from the Pentagon that show that from the very beginning every aspect of the war has been a lie and that the Ukrainians never had a chance of winning they're losing they're losing men 7 to 1 compared to the the Russians and still you have people like general Petraeus going out there and saying that uh that we're we're in great fighting shape and the the <laughs> Ukrainians are resilient and that uh, NATO should definitely bring this war-torn nation into the fold in the middle of a war, which which means that it's a ready-made continental conflict at that point. So what what the hell happens if we lose officially lose cross that threshold and lose the world reserve currency status in the middle of this war? Uh, I mean, you need we're, we're sending hundreds of billions of dollars into that money pit out there, and then suddenly, th- th- I mean, the the one weapon we have, our federal uh, reserve, is is completely deballed. What happens then? Well, you look at history, this is what always happens when empires die. Uh, the treasury is looted. Um, they're running out the clock. And, and again, they probably have sophisticated simulations and know exactly when there will be complete de-dollarization when we'll lose the reserve currency status. So they're probably just throwing everything they have at the wall to see what sticks. I mean, who hasn't been paid? Uh, who needs to raise funds for whatever black project or their own you know, uh, fulfillment? And that's what Ukraine has always been. It's always been a, what's known as a kitty, right? You just everybody fills up the kitty and goes and gets something out of it, and uh, you know the, the money laundering, uh, barisma, all of that. So it's it, you know um, the one thing about where we stand on Ukraine. When I go back to, if you know history, you know that the uh, Secretary of State James Baker back at the 1992 uh, promised Gorbachev that we would not expand NATO. Uh, if they withdrew their troops back within uh, the mm-hmm. natural borders of Russia, and this, you know the Soviet Union was collapsing into, into 16 pieces, uh, we've made that verbal promise. And as soon as they did, we expanded NATO. We've wanted to have uh, conflict in this timeline, I believe, uh, since the early 90s. We've been building up Russia uh, to, to be able to have uh, an aggressive nation that we caused to fight because that's what the military industrial complex does in my opinion i'm a veteran of three foreign wars i again um you know you look at you look at our actions this government wanted uh russia to invade ukraine i mean if they didn't we would have had some sort of, of negotiated peace we wouldn't have been threatening to put uh, ukraine into nato um we wouldn't be building bio labs and all that and doing all the things that we do so you know we had a democratically elected president that we you know the cia had a coup uh, in 2014, uh, to to oust that president, so and he fled to Russia. So this has been building for for many many years. And um, it, again, y- you have the military leaders always have something to say about Russia. Never China until now, which is very disturbing. It's always they've left China out of this threat, even though China has massive influence in our politics and our universities and our business, um, and they were handed everything. Uh, but now you're we're having uh, you know tensions with Taiwan 
And if you know anything about that history, it makes it even stranger because we ceded that over a long time ago. So this government, and if you if you look at you know people like Martin Armstrong with his Socrates program, um, they're looking at the way that the controllers, the military industrial complex, the deep state, how do they save the dollar? How do they save their uh, their empire? War. They'll put everything on the table for war. That's what I'm hoping I'm wrong about. But if you look at what they're doing, antagonizing, antagonizing, you know, this is not, and this is unlike anything we've ever seen in our previous foreign policy dealings in the United States of America, Frank. Mm. Every president has had some sort of summit you know, Reagan called the Soviet Union an evil empire, but by the end of the 1980s, he was walking arm in arm with Gorbachev in Red Square and saying, you know, and, and invoking God and having prayer. You know, and, and Ronald Reagan, yeah, he did call it an evil empire, but he wanted zero nuclear weapons. They had summits. You know, they had meetings. There was power broking. There is no power brokering now. It's just war, and it's just more antagonism. That's what bothers me. So I think the ace up their sleeve if they have one in de-dollarization is taking us to war and i don't want to be and i'm not trying to be an alarmist i just think that's the only way they can they can really save it in their in their system because fiscal responsibility and a return to some sort of standard would expose the deep state it would expose the corruption they'd have there'd have to be an accounting you'd have to audit the federal reserve you have to do all these things or or abolish it so you're saying what you're, I stand you're saying if if we get into a a real real gigantic fist fight not a not a regional proxy skirmish but if a, a gigantic fist fight that would be that would be proper cover for and, and would also be the the tipping point completely because you know in in a war you're constantly spending money you're manufacturing things that have no return on investment because they blow up and um and and so really that's just it and you can you can blame the financial collapse on the fact that we went to war with an evil group of people across the other side of the, of the world and that if we were just about to break out of this economically and then of course we had to fight the russians and this is why we should be entrusted with the next big con the next big con whatever replaces the old federal reserve system now war is the health of the state yeah that's what they use it's their favorite thing so yeah, they'll they'll use that. They'll they'll pull that card. You know, you got to think. Reagan called him an evil empire, called the Soviets an evil empire. But Gorbachev didn't pull that card. Could have. He could have pulled war to save the Soviet Union. They didn't pull it, thank God. But we're in this situation now. And I, if you look at our our leaders, um, you know, their morality, their character, it should make you worry. What card will they pull to save the empire? You know, the, the Pentagon three years ago, Frank, ran a simulated war scenario on a Generation Z Bitcoin revolt, how they would respond if if Gen Z dumped the dollar. Like they know that the that the dollar is the lifeblood of the American empire, 700 bases in 132 countries funded by fiat currency. If that goes away, the empire goes away. So I think they're going to have to make a decision, and hopefully cooler heads will prevail. I, I'm, again, I'm not an alarmist. This is uh, the only way I see them with their current system saving it. That's why I think you see there's no off-ramp in Ukraine. And, yeah, they've leaked documents and stuff, and you got to think, how much is, is that guy a patsy? You know, I mean, you're kidding me, right? This 21-year-old kid has all your secrets. I, I don't buy that at all. 
Uh, there's so many levels of secrecy in the government in those files and all that. I don't buy that for one minute. But again, um, but they definitely want you to know something. Yeah, that's the whole point there. Um, there's a lot of debate as to whether or not, like I just had my my guest last night. Um, he believes that it is totally, uh, totally possible for someone, no matter how young in his position, to at least in a compartmentalized way have opportunity to get this information, regardless of what you stand on. Okay, this was set up. We got a passy situation, or this is completely on the up and up. What we read here, uh, it goes hand in hand with any anybody who's been a skeptic of this Ukrainian conflict since the beginning of uh, last year in 2022 and that was that it's a completely concocted and contrived conflict that um, is being run by our pentagon that is being lied about with the the uh, the uh, the probability of success to everything else we know that uh, through the reporting of people like seymour hirsch there's hundreds of millions of dollars if not billions of dollars being skimmed you have uh ukrainians who are actually buying supplies from the russians in the in the middle of this war with a lot of the money that we sent over there so there's so much that was exposed it makes me wonder regardless of who this to share a kid is and what is real about the story about the leak itself wh- who benefits from showing that oh yeah this kid made a uh, he, he he went and he he committed a crime, a technical, technical crime to go out there and expose something. But what he exposed is high levels of criminality and deceit from uh, across the entire upper echelon of the current administration. So what does that do? Does that give them an out? Does that go like what I'm I'm trying to understand what, what that was even for, I guess we're going to find out, but it's not like uh, he, he leaked some kind of, if he leaked something that said that the Ukrainians are, are doing great, then I'd be like, okay, this is all bullshit. But I mean, he did cause a lot of damage for the people who have been lying on a professional level for months and months and months about this conflict. I just wonder what the hell that was all for. Well, somebody might've blinked. You go back to the Cuban missile crisis, Bobby Kennedy helped leak the information that Khrushchev wanted a back-channel communique with Kennedy to trade the Jupiter missiles in Turkey for their missiles in Cuba. That was done at the highest levels, even though the security cabinet, everybody around him was, they were looking for airstrikes followed by invasion on the island of Cuba. So there could be actors inside this the deep state and again again for whatever reason frank the one conspiracy theory that i can't uh, abide by is that there's good people helping i don't know why i guess i've read too much or just been around it too long so i i, I hardly ever really subscribe to that but i hope that that that's the case so what's weird is the the kid and how that landed in his lap but you got to wonder like how much of it is a limited hangout is it meant to relieve the anti-war tension of the people actually pushing back against this, or or did, are they looking for a way to 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 have a different trajectory uh, there in Ukraine? Because this is not it's not going to work strategically. I mean, logistically, you can't train Ukrainians to fly these jets, even like for they're getting from around the world and the weapons, the systems that we're giving them. You're going to have to put boots on the ground, um, and it's going to escalate. And we have troops there. And we have special ops, we have ground troops, we have the Patriot missile crews and people that are coming in. Somebody might be trying to back down because the Russians are not going to allow Ukraine to to become a part of NATO. 
even though the the Ukrainian leadership has said, well, we're, we might get you know wiped out, we might have a, a big uh, bloody war, but at least we'll get into NATO. I mean, that's like the second in command to uh, Zelensky has said that back in 2018, 2019. Well, yeah, that's our goal. There's going to be a big war in about 2022, um, but we'll we'll you know we'll we'll be okay because we'll get into NATO. Which is ridiculous, because if that happens, it means the end of Europe. It, right. I mean, so it's like, oh, we'll get into NATO in the in the last few moments that Europe exists, because then it's just going to be a gigantic. Uh, it's just you know, I, I'm these are the questions of our times, and I I can't stand that that's the case because it's really just about um, you know, are we going to have to pay greater prices, or is this if this is this game of chicken? Is this a game of chicken, and is somebody going to pull off uh, off the road and, and and avoid something bigger, just to be able to regroup and and try to 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 throw out a, another another big sensationalist war rattling saber rattling uh, display of whatever just a couple of months down the line? They never allow us just to rest and enjoy life. That's for sure. Not anymore. But uh, no, me, these the news cycle is is perpetual, isn't it, Frank? It is. It is because if if we didn't have this going on in Ukraine, there's plenty of horror to talk about what's going on over here. So um, let me ask you another question about about gold, because uh, I always think about the long game. And obviously, the the bottom line is that we're talking about stores of value here. You know, our dollars, our American dollars that we have in our bank accounts, that represents the fruits of our labor. The fruits of our our investing, the work we put into creating wealth for ourselves, for our family. So when we put that into, I understand when we put that into ancient stores of value like gold, um, that that's a uh, to ride out what we're seeing a very unstable banking system go through the 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 uh, the death throes over here. But my question is this. When we have rising competition in the currency markets, you have bricks, you have crypto, you have all this other stuff. If someone um, has most of their savings now in gold and silver, what are they ultimately doing in the long run? Are they are they keeping smaller smaller chips of silver for for uh, for local uh, bartering and stuff like that? But the larger stores, are you waiting for a currency that you can trust? to rise up or are you always just going to have these bars of gold on hand because I think it goes back to assessing just how vicious and how much more tyrannical the government is getting as the generations go on but ultimately like when people say oh well so and so has made billions of dollars in bitcoin and I say alright well okay, how do you know how much he's made unless you are measuring that wealth in American dollars I mean that's the that's the metric well what are you doing with that gold bar are you waiting for a trustworthy currency to arise so that you can get liquid again or or what well if you look at the history of weimar germany uh late 1920s into the early 30s they, they had it's the where you see the wheelbarrows full of cash you know to buy a loaf of bread and all that stuff um that's a, a classic hyperinflation story and what happened is they had all kinds of different currencies it wasn't just people trying to get into gold or get into silver they were using uh, pound sterling uh they were using the american dollar um so there was other currencies to choose from and that's what they, they just landed their own um the reason we haven't had hyperinflation here is because we're the world's reserve currency <laughs> we, you know people keep using they keep buying into the ponzi scheme but to answer your question you would just want to have several options Gold is just a way to store value. When I say gold, I mean silver too. 
Uh, you talked about having fractional silver, always a good idea. Fractional gold's always a good idea. We do that in our membership program. You know, not everybody can afford a $2,000, you know, uh, a bar of gold right now. And you know, you're going to pay more than that if you buy it retail. So not everybody can afford that, but you can get fractional gold. Uh, Venezuela's uh, use the, they use gold and actual like jewelry and, and gold scrap. Uh, like I buy it at my two locations for Wise Wolf. I mean, we buy gold scrap all day long. That could be jewelry or broken things, you know, that, that contain gold. So Venezuela's been doing that. Gold has always been money. Silver's always been money. It always will be. Uh, it's finite. It's been, it's just, it's in our, our history. Uh, it's just a way, again, it's just something that mankind gravitates towards. And, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, calls it God's money. Because it's in, from the earth, you know, and it's finite. It's a finite reason. It'll be here long after we're gone. So I would say that it's a little bit of permanence, you know, for gold and silver. Don't think of it as an investment. Because I'll give you a, a figure. I told some people today on uh, at, at my shop, I said, look, in 1971, when Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard, it was $35 an ounce because it had been pegged there since 1944 at Breton Woods before the end of World War II. So it was $35 an ounce Richard Nixon took us off on August 15, 1971. The day I was born, uh, December 26, 1979, uh, gold was about $700 an ounce. Now, is that because gold was the greatest investment of the 1970s or something like that? Well, perhaps, but it really didn't go up in value. It's at the dollar loss value. Mm -hmm. So what you were bringing up earlier is like, oh, so-and-so made so much in Bitcoin. Yeah, the dollar is constantly losing value. That's why in the 1970s, Frank, they came up with all these financial products because they knew that people are going to have to keep up with inflation somehow. You know, and again, you used to be able to just bury your your silver dollars in the backyard. You could dig them up. 30 years later, they'd be a dollar. They're not a dollar anymore um, because we just have this unlimited printing press. So they had the 401ks and the IRAs. All that stuff was started right after we went off the gold standard. So your listeners people that are paying attention, I would say, you know, gold and silver, I never use the words investment. I don't like that. Um, I just think of them as money. I think of them as a commodity. They're used in medicine. They're used in electronics. They're used in solar. Uh, they're used as, as stores of value. Um, so it's just something that's always going to be around, especially if you, I don't believe in the green economy. I think it's more of a watermelon. It's green on the outside, communist red on the inside. But if you believe in those sort of things, they're going to use so much silver for electric cars and solar panels and all those other things. So you've got a, an opportunity here when gold and silver are relatively cheap compared to how much debasement we've actually done to the U.S. dollar that I don't think is we're not even close to getting an accounting for right now. Yeah, you you have you reminded me of that uh, this infographic that was going around a couple of years ago because you know as you mentioned before the the news is just so cyclical and uh, one thing we haven't heard from a lot lately because they have chosen a lot more catastrophic things uh, they want to talk about climate a lot more abortion a lot more things like that but we haven't heard the whole fight for 15 the minimum wage going to $20 again and all that shit well I remember about four or five years ago there was a infographic that went around that simply had four U.S. quarters from 1960 or five five U.S. quarters from 1964 which are of course the last year that they were all silver just five 1964 quarters sitting there and then right next to it a $20 bill because the melt value I think even today those five quarters is $20 
And it, it was so to show how we don't have a minimum wage problem. We have a currency issue here. We have a uh, we have a an inflation issue here. That everybody wants twenty dollars an hour. Well, hey, if we, if we back, we went back a couple of years, you have twenty dollars worth of buying power, or you know, I mean, not more than a couple of years. If we go back some years, you have twenty dollars worth of buying power in five quarters. And, it, and that all really does, just does add up. And, of course, you know, more government intervention is the reason why, um, uh, why people can't do more with less and why we have less options and why, ultimately, people feel like the only real way they have to get ahead is to beg the powers that be to make these economic interventions on their behalf that only hasten our collapse. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Well, it's something Alexis de Tocqueville wrote about in uh, Democracy in America back in the 19th century. You know, if, as soon as they figure out they can vote in things from the Treasury, uh, this, uh, this experiment will be over. Um, you know, H.O. Mencken, there's people that that, uh, that work for a living, people that vote for a living. And we've had these massive, not only the, and I don't blame the welfare state so much, I blame the warfare state. Um, but, you know, both sides agreed that we need to have fake money because you got to pay for all these new things. And it, it, it works out pretty good for everybody for a while until you realize what you just said is that when you leave value out of your currency, completely divorced from it, as in 1965 when we took the silver out of our coinage, uh, and then 1971 when we went off the gold standard, you start to pay the price for that. Um, there is there, the the people that when you get to understand currency and money and the difference in those things and what money actually is everything starts to look very different <laughs> our our current reality starts to look a lot different and I, and I i remember that meme very well it's something that reminded me of what ron paul said uh when he was running for president i think this is an 08 campaign and he said you know what i can get a gallon of gas back to a dime again and everyone in the room laughed and he said actually uh, and at the time, he says a, a silver dime is worth about three dollars. So, you know, again, it, it's not that the thing went up. You know, we always talk about grandpa could go to the movies yeah. for a quarter, you know, and everything. Yeah, they could. And that movie ticket or that hamburger or the gallon of gas is really not that much more valuable than it was back then. It's just that we've debased our currency. It's a stealth tax that they don't teach you in school, right? Because it's just like Henry Ford said, if people understood the banking system, there'd be a revolution in the morning. Yeah. You know, because that's the thing they don't talk about. Uh, and so that's why I love doing what I do. I, you know, you get this down pretty uh, um, to a science where people walk in the door and start, you know, they ask you questions. You know, I got a two or three minute explanation, of, especially to kids, you know, what money is. And uh, and I learn things every day. But, uh, you know, so I mean, again, it's it's uh, it's a fascinating time to be alive. It's very unsettling. Uh, we have lots of challenges, but we probably also have lots of opportunities, Frank. I think a lot, I, and that I, that's what I love to concentrate on the the opportunities. As far as the challenges go, it's very important for me to make jokes about them, just so that they don't keep you up at night. You just find a really good way to make a joke, to mock a little bit where appropriate, and then and then you have to go on to opportunity. And that's that's really what we're talking about here tonight. Um, it's all about what people can do, communities can do, what everyday people can do. Man, that Ron that Ron Paul anecdote. Oh, I, I I miss having that on tap 
more and more. You know, those couple of those couple of cycles where you knew he was going to be declaring, he was going to get some good debate time. He was going to make everybody in the room look silly, even though the 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 the, the crowd was going to be all donors. All big donors that don't want him around anyone. But that little anecdote about the dime being somewhere around $3, therefore being good enough to get you a gallon of gas. It, I mean, it, it's just, it's the, uh, the, the the five quarters, the $20 minimum wage thing over and over right. again. So, uh, Tony, you, um, I hope that a lot of people, I know that you've already worked with a lot of people in this audience. I hope more uh, call you up, even for some consultation, because I know that, as you have said many times, no amount of uh, no amount of interest is too little for you. If if somebody wanted to call up you, uh, if they wanted to go through, quite frankly, .gold and talk to you and want to buy their first ounce of silver, or if they've been doing, if they've been stacking for a long time and want to do something even more complex, you are good for all of that, correct? That's absolutely right, Frank. And uh, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver will never, ever have a minimum uh, that you have to buy or that we won't talk to you if you don't have a certain amount. There's a there's some other gold companies out there. You can call them. There's 1-800 numbers. They have a big staff, and they're trying to put you in collectibles or whatever else. And I'm sure there's some great stuff they have. Well, we don't have a minimum. Uh, we're the people's choice, if you put it that way. And uh, we're proud to sponsor your magnificent program. You can go to, quite frankly, .gold. You can buy direct from us. And give and of course we sponsor Frank. Uh, you can tell us that you found us through quite frankly gold. If we don't uh, see it, you know, on the email or something, we'll ask you where uh, where you found us. And we have the direct buys where you can roll over IRAs, 401ks, get you into physical metals. We don't sell paper. Although I will say, and it took me a while, but I did get gold backs. I got the, I got the shipping uh, label today. They said they finally shipped them to me. I got my first. Uh, body, and I think I got uh, notes from Wyoming, Nevada, uh, Utah. I think we got New Hampshire thrown in there. I, I bought a, a big chunk for our membership program. It's another way that, that we sponsor your show this through Wolfpack. We've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of members. I, mean, I, I didn't think it was going to take off as fast as it has, but it's just a simple way for you to set it and forget it. We buy your medals for you, send you a detailed invoice and a comparison invoice of some of the big boys out there like JM and Atmex, and we just say that, you know, if we shop today, this is how much you, you would have saved just letting us buy for you, and it's going to be a mix of of gold, silver, fractional coins, sovereigns. There's always something different in Wolfpack. It's uh, $50 to get in all the way up to, we capped it at $1,000, so you can check that out going to quitefrankly.gold as well. There's a tab that says join Wolfpack. It's really easy, and again, there's nothing, you don't pay us a membership fee we just as much uh, metals for your dollar as we can. Um, that's just an automatic thing. And again, we've got close to 700 members right now uh, all over the country, and uh, we're getting better and better deals to buy into. It's just a great way to build uh, some value by partnering with each other because the more people that join that, the better prices I can get everyone. And uh, I'm down in Dallas right now. I just picked up a, a, a lot of fractional gold and, and gram bars to put in the, to the packages. I bought a um, about a thousand ounces of silver today to go exclusively to Wolfpack, and Wolfpack has priority. So, well, you you better uh, you better uh, with some of the money that you're making, you better buy a steam shovel to start uh, start mining some more silver out of the earth. Because I mean, uh, if 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 things are starting to get tight out there, I mean, I, I'm starting to get a little anxious here. Well, I think you're going to see not only. Um, 
urban gold mining and you know urban gold mining will happen and what that means i heard that term years ago when i first started my shop uh, one of the refiners said hey they're, they're going to start some urban gold mining here when the price hits 2000 and that's just where people go out and in garage sales and everything else and there's a lot more interest in jewelry and scrap and um people will start turning things in it'll be like when the, the end of the 1970s when the hunt brothers tried to make a run on silver um there were people just going into the attic, finding, you know, the old silver forks and spoons and, and everything else and, and turning that sterling into the refiner and they were melting it down and turning it into bullion. That mm. will happen again. Uh, it's, it's, it's on its path. But again, the paper markets, I think, obscure that, Frank. And uh, so we're not having that, that, that. We're at the tip of that. We're at the beginning of where normal people and the people that watch mainstream all the time and are consumed by that are going to start paying attention to gold and it's going to get weird because they're going to figure out there's not a lot there well it, as always tony thank you so much for your your time here tonight and we'll we'll be in touch as always and all the best to you down there and uh keep us updated anything awesome happens mind-blowing you should just come on because it's great to talk shop with you man you you, you know your stuff and you're a lot of fun to, to uh chill with thank you frank always an honor sir all right have a good one take care bye-bye yes sir there you go, there you go, Tony Arterburn, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. So we got a little bit of current events, a little bit of de-dollarization, and, uh, and some good hedges going forward so that you don't have to worry too much about how the, uh, the government is killing itself right in front of us and leaving us with a funeral tab. But we will be right back. A little bit of an intermission, and then I have some extras over here, including your calls and your super chats. So let's just uh, kick around a little bit of an extended grab bag in the second half and then just chill out. So get yourself ready to go. Let's do it. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Quite frankly. 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 We all support. Quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly. You going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank.
jump into your super chats first and foremost but I think I have a I do this is a a little note I got here hi Frank I met my fiance Kate last October while trying the online dating thing I was literally about to give up about six months of it after six months of it and she messaged me on her first day of trying it we hit it off instantly chatted for hours every night before we met in person we exchanged our favorite podcast during that process, and of course, the two I recommended were, quite frankly, in Dark to Light. She loves both of, the, both of the shows and was hooked before our first date. Both of us have never been happier, and I would love it if you can wish her a happy birthday for me on Tuesday's show, April 25th, and let her know how much I love her and that she is my world. Her birthday is actually on Wednesday, but she listens to your show the day after on Spotify, so it'd be cool if she actually got the birthday wish on her actual birthday. I appreciate it, Frank. Jared. Well, Kate, happy birthday. And I'm so happy to hear about this love story over here and that I could have been any way, shape, or form a part of it. I actually take credit for most of your romance now. So I hope that you guys go and really use the opportunity I have afforded you. And don't let me down. No pressure, but don't let me down. Happy birthday, Kate. That's wonderful to read. Thank you so much. I uh, sometimes chew on these these toothpicks that my sister-in-law gave me for uh, Christmas. They're one of my favorite uh, gifts. Got a lot of cool gifts this past Christmas. These are Danison toothpicks. They're soaked in bourbon. I think a lot of you bourbon drinkers out there would like them. And inside, they come in these little amber vials. But um, they're good. They are good, and I love the packaging. Really nice, tough, rough, rump and tumble packaging with a little bit of a magnetic box. All right. Over to the Super Chats. Quite frankly, superchat.com. The Sentinel says, Thanks for a fantastic, fantastic show. The Thetans... Are enjoying tonight's topic and checking out quite frankly gold we will pray for our country make America wealthy again well I know all the Thetans would love that and in a way D live and I was so happy to see that that uh, crowd of people gathering around in Theta last night because it is really important to me that we are established on decentralized uh, websites and platforms like that because it's um, it's a little bit more of a hedge against what's going on on places like YouTube and whatever final days we have over there. Just like BCP. Uh, obviously, BCP is a lot more um, noticeable than I am. But, I mean, is he more controversial than I am? No. He's a very well-mannered guy. If I had a, if I had a 700,000 subscriber account, I would have been gone a very, very long time ago. I have to imagine... But anyway, shout out to everybody out there on Theta. Stosub, thank you so much. Dooku Dan, thank you so much. Dooku Dan says, 
regarding the murder of the six Christians in Tennessee, I keep thinking how the Roman elite used Christians as scapegoats for the burning of Rome. When Biden says he'll finish the job, it sounds like a threat. Uh, who is he finishing the job for? You know, it's one of those things where um, I just have to chalk it up to cheesy marketing, subliminal messaging, because they know that there is different levels to what is going on here. Obviously, the way that they have pitted each other, pitted us against each other over very many years, and they have so um, boldly hardened the lines between us all. You just know it. You know that there's that's working on a number of levels. On the other hand, whenever you say make America great again, it makes people who are trapped on that side of the fence think, oh my, they, they really do believe that, that we are trying to drag them back to some kind of uh, antebellum South slavery. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what the hell. So, so they believe that. And I'm sure that they have their theories about how it's darker and deeper and more esoteric than ever. And, uh, and, and, you know, West is West and East is East and never the twain shall meet. But one of them has to be on track. One of them has to be seeing things a little bit clearer than the others. Anyway. This is fine. Sent a very, very nice tip over here. Thank you so much. This is fine. This is from Doc and Kim. They said, looking forward to the next raffle. Our best to you and yours. Doc and Kim. Oh, I can't wait to do the next. In fact, I have uh, a f two friends of mine who do the... Um, let me see here. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you all about that tomorrow, actually. We have some ideas for the raffles. We do. But thank you, Doc and Kim. No doubt about it. I'm going to get a, a a nice breakdown of what the next raffle, the general raffle is going to be. Really cool stuff. Ken Dahl Swan says, I would smash, I would smash down syndrome. I would, oh, I would smash down syndrome Barbie. Are you, oh, Ken Dahl Swan. Okay. So it's th this all took me a very, very long time to process. I'm saying Ken Dahl Swan. What does that mean? Oh, Ken Dahl Swan. Mark Swan. I would smash down. I then I said so I saw smash down. And then I saw syndrome. So you what you would actually smash the doll? Oh, smash. Oh, Ken. Great. So at least Down Syndrome Barbie already has a date uh, lined up for her. And that is Ken Doll Swan. I'm sure she's going to be treated very fairly on her date. And um and yes, so thank you all so much for that. Over on Rumble, we've got a couple of Rumble rants over there right now. Social Observer says, Pedo Joe is doing what every criminal politician does to distract from their crimes. Run a new political campaign. Absolutely. But when we go over to what, um, what Kunstler said, how he's pretty much, he's everybody makes their guarantees. I was making guarantees. I was, I was ready to put money on it that this guy, Joe Biden, would not have made the first debate last year. That it was a, you know, just to last second, then a switcheroo or something. But they then they're just going to push him through the ice cream eater. 
But that last question that he asked on uh, the the Kunstler blog, what was it? What was it? Let, Let me see here. Hold on a second. Where the hell is it? Oh, here you go. What happens when Joe Biden creeps off into the sunset? Use your imagination about the dark place that leaves our country and the flavor of further shenanigans ahead. And of course, this is really goes back to what uh, James Howard Kunstler was saying in the beginning of this blog, which was we're in this loop of lie after cover up after lie after cover up and nothing being met, no consequences over and over and over. Uh, that kind of outward behavior, that 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 uh, corruption, that naked corruption, that proud naked corruption with impunity allows, it actually encourages that to be the new cultural norm for the people who think that they're voting for this, who think that they are the, they are the, the most essential pieces in a so-called democracy. They are the decision makers because they are the voters. But the people who they think that they're voting in are showing you that they have absolutely no rules, they have no scruples, nothing holds them down, and after every lie is a cover-up and then another subsequent lie. And and uh, and if you feel like these people represent you, and they are so brazen in doing that, and you believe in the nobility of their causes, then you are going to internalize this kind of lawlessness. And why do you think we have, why do you think we have people making such bold, bold, uh, bold displays look at this gonzalo lira put this out here this is from new york city yesterday they're fire uh, celebrating in the street the firing of of tucker carlson take a look at this this is for a this is for a newsman they're out there now don lemon gets fired brian stelter gets fired we crack a few jokes but they're out there like this is fucking vj day Look at listen to this. These nuts, all of them with masks on, all completely out of their minds. They are out of their minds. This is some serious sick shit. You know, uh, these people probably these are these are the people who probably shed a tear when they watched Biden's reelection video that probably probably got some of these people emotional. That's uh, that's some serious shit there. And not only that, um, here is uh, here is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This twat is nuts. Listen to here. Here's here's 57 seconds. You're gonna wish that you got back on your when you're laying on your deathbed. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, I didn't know she was such a big fan of Rupert Murdoch. All of a sudden, you know, it couldn't have happened to a better. He, he was the network. He was the network. But see, they're so stupid, and they see that it's an opportunity to go onto their Instagrams. And be uh, obnox- obnoxious little twats that they they don't even think what's going on here. You don't think that this guy is is still going to be massively successful now that he's able to do exactly what he want wants uh, on a media landscape that is much m- much more different 
much more different and less controlled than it was five years ago. Rumble was not a factor five years ago. It is a massive factor now. And that's just one of them. There's plenty of independent sites all over the place. They are all competing. They're all sharing the same uh, media when it goes live. Twitter is not a perfect place, and we don't know what the hell that's going to be morphed into under Elon Musk's uh, uh, leadership over there. But it is not what it was three years ago. Not what it was three years ago when it was working hand in hand with the with the White House or with the the bureaucracy and the and the intelligence agencies when they all got together and said that Hunter Biden's laptop was all Russian disinformation and it needed to be blocked. I mean that's not going to happen now. Not on Twitter at least. But here she is. Here she is trying to. But she's an actress. She's an actress. She's trying to just, I don't know how many, how many takes this took. Oh, she's live. Ugh. What I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that was arguably responsible for the, some of the largest driving, some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country. No, no, no. You see, th- you see this? Oh. Um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled. And then you see like the villain's like hand reemerge. See, this is not an MTV VJ. This is a... This is a a member of Congress who supposedly represents the interests of over 700,000 people in a overpacked New York district and has now expanded her brand to millions of absolutely dumb fucks around the country. And this right here, this this, this Marvel movie thing, I I kind of feel like Tucker's the Marvel movie monster. Like, Like, what, what, what? You think he's going away? You think that leaving Fox is going to make him weaker? He brought value to an antiquated medium that cannot be found anywhere. Anywhere. Television is fucking nonsense. Nonsense. There's not enough money you can offer me to be on television. Not enough. Not for what you're giving up in creative uh, independence and all that other stuff. He's not bound by any NDA, I heard. Nothing. He's not bound by anything. So the fact that she thinks that this is like the end of a monster where a monster has been vanquished, but she thinks, oh, my God, he might be popping up. I see the monster hand coming up again there because he's not going to be on TV. I, I never watched television. I never. You can ask Lauren. You can ask anybody in my life. When was the last time you walked in on Frank sitting down in the living room or anywhere and just flipping on Fox News to see what everybody thought? First of all, I'm on air at the time. Doesn't, didn't he used to go live at, what, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock? The only thing I ever see coming from television is in bite-sized clips that is shared on the Internet. And she thinks that this is somehow, this is somehow going to uh, hinder his ability to get a message out because he's now going to uh, probably primarily exist on the Internet and create on the Internet. It's going to be silly. But, uh, there, but there she is, this dummy making Marvel, uh, Marvel uh, you know, 
examples. And this is why she gets death threats, because she's an obnoxious, overpaid child whose nonstop verbal diarrhea is a frightening indicator of where we all are all heading. We're not heading toward anywhere more equitable. She is lucky. She's lucky, lucky that even with a, uh, a government as utterly corrupt as the one we have right here, that the wheels still grind slowly, and she's not been given everything that she wants all up front. All the things that she has said we need to do in Washington, D.C., and everybody must go along with, with green this and equity that and all this bullshit with her flailing bird arms and all that shit. Uh, she's lucky that there is some kind of a even fake opposition out there that tempers her demands. Because the farther, the farther we go into this bird brain, the farther into this bird brain's mind we go, the deadlier and more inhumane her ideas are, whether she knows it or not. All right? Whether she knows it or not. The farther we go, the more deadlier this gets. The commie despots of the 20th century killed hundreds of millions of people and they didn't have half of the media reach that this twat has on her Twitter alone. She's like, oh, Tucker Carlson is the reason why I get death threats. No, no, you are an existential... The things that you, you, you put out there with this giggling, nonchalant delivery is an existential threat to anything that would be considered a peaceful life. All right. And she doesn't understand that. And the more people realize that they actually have no voice and no representation to stand up and firmly push back against people's ideas as bad as hers and put them in their rightful place, uh, the more people think it is a good idea to go make death threats because at least they feel that they have been able to, uh, I don't know, make them feel uncomfortable for five minutes. I, I, I know why it's happening. But she, she wants to blame Tucker Carlson for why everybody sees the other side as inhumane today. Out to grip, grip over like the end of a building or something. But deplatforming works and it is important. <laughs> what? And um, it is important. This is this is the mainstream government opinion, especially the queen spiders in the Democrat Party. She's endorsing deplatforming and censorship as a um, a, a, as a very important tool to be used going forward in our democracy. No less, she's she's being serious and glib, and that's what you get. That's what you get. She should have never been brought out behind that fucking bar. She should still be crushing mint leaves into people's mojitos. That's what she should be doing. Instead, she has been given this this feeling. She has been allowed to to fluff up this I don't know. It's it, it's a it's a it's a oh, I don't know. She's so worthless and she thinks she's all that. That's so that's dangerous. That's dangerous. There's a fine line between obnoxious and dangerous. When people like this believe the, their own hype, it's very dangerous. And I don't want anything from her. I don't want anything from the people she represents. 
I don't want my side, whatever the hell that side is, to impose anything on them. In fact, I want to divest from the place that they are trying to build. I want to be free from it. I don't want to imprison you through my idea. I don't want to pull you along with me and ask you to pay for whatever the hell I want. And along the way, uh, endorse things like censorship so that you can't you can't squeal while I, I molest you. She just doesn't see that because she's a, she's a, she's a, I, I can't say if we were having a beer somewhere, I would have already shocked you with the language. I'm going to need to smoke my last CBD over here. Going to have myself a little mocha sativa. I'm just going to have to do something right now. I don't know. This will be for later. My little victory lap. Anyway. There she is. That's how dangerous. That's how nice everything is. What, what, what was I... What even got us on down this, this road? I don't know. Tomorrow I'm going to save some other stories. I have a Soylent Green story. Maybe we can talk about the cattle mutilations tomorrow. I've got a little bit from uh, our friend Leroy Press at Viral NYC News. He was actually the subject of a pretty big story in New York City. And I didn't know that he owns a New York City CBD dispensary. Apparently the NYPD confiscated an incredible amount of his CBD flour and um and kept it for uh, you know an extended period of time now now he's he's suing and he could get a, a lot of money if he wins oh, we have to bring him on tomorrow cuz that's that's a pretty incredible story so we'll do a lot of in- interesting things from here on in and I'll try to find I have a fourth turning blog that we have now published on quitefrankly.tv on the blog section perhaps we can do that on Thursday night talk about the fourth turning and I can find uh, I can find some big universal questions to ask the audience then and loop you all in for the ride. Anyway, that's what I have. I'm going to go through the super chats, and then we're going to be on our way. Over on QuiteFrankly.tv, Chai Possum says, Hello, Frank and Franklies. Delona says, Frank, check your audio. Uh, audio echoing says, Homegoy. Yes, I know. That happened um, in the beginning there, and I, I got confirmation it was all... It was all shored up. Thank you so much for the feedback. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you. Youper Viking says, I'd consider poison to be a glam band. Rat is definitely a hair band. Glam, hair, okay. I, I use I use those interchangeably, I must admit. So that, that helps me out a little bit more in my, my categorizing. But I love rat. I do love rat. Uh, Rook Castle says, I'm holding out for disabled sex worker Barbie. Smells like progress. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Everybody's deser- everybody deserves a look. Youper Viking, thank you so. Thank you so, so. Paulie9363 says, yes. Hope. Entropy. It just burns out and goes away. Eventually it will. I mean, there's not going to be any way to um, to prop it up. They're only able to do all this stuff because people are... There's Everything is so subsidized by this dollar. 
Wait until you can't buy a dollar, uh, a one dollar cheeseburger on the, uh, the 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 McDonald's menus. First of all, the first sign of trouble, they're going to be looting McDonald's. Just people in general. Remember all the shit that we've seen here stateside in the streets. That is just for fun. That's just for say for some satanic nightly gallivanting. We have been observing people who are just doing this for some kind of cathartic release, especially during the the pandemic, the the uh, the government lockdowns during uh, COVID. A lot of that stuff was just people who had just been locked up for a few months and they wanted to get out and have a debaucherous night of whatever. These are not even the the hunger riots yet. Whole different uh, ball of wax when people are trying to eat to stave off death. Rise Attire says, I think it's totally naive to think that there's no good guys at the top. It goes against the universe. Correct. I think someone like uh, Kyle Serafin would say that too, but the real question is, where the hell are they? Where the hell are they? I've asked this, I forgot who I've asked that from. That along the way, we have been able to take an accounting, very easily, an accounting of the evil. We can see it. We can see duplicitous characters who are out in public. We can see over time their associations. We can track where the money goes from, from one organization to another, who's funding one election over another, where where people are meeting on tarmacs, and what happens afterwards with public addresses, and, and, and who might be bartering one thing or another. The FBI... Uh, uh, showing up in New York City. You remember, I mean, we forget about all of the things that were happening around the time of October 2016 in New York with that Wiener laptop. The things that were being reported on what was on there and the uh, the Eric Garner case coming in, coming into, uh, into purview, into the, uh, it was um, Eric Prince who broke that for the first time in October of 2016 when he was talking, I believe, to Steve Bannon on Sirius XM Patriot. I was listening to it in the morning on the way to a client's house. I said, I have to go home right now and clip this for the show. Talking about how the Eric Prince case, the Eric Gardner case, the Lucy Cigarette case, was going to be unearthed again to cause the, uh, the uh, NYPD problems if they really did anything with that Wiener laptop, which was on. You think about the things that went away, the people that we learned about all for time, the Peter Strucks, the Andy McCabe's, the Bruce and Nellie Orr's, all these people over time, the things that they were willing to do to play ball and to make the machine continue to grow and to protect the machine because the machine is their mother. That is their mother. We have a one. We have an encyclopedia of names and faces of people. The Glenn Simpsons, everybody that has everything to do with uh, Fusion GPS, the Bagman, Mark Elias, all these people. It's like we have an accounting. We can see them. They are legion. The bad. I want to know where the hell on the inside. Where's the accounting of the good? I'm talking about within that realm. Obviously, outside of that, the people who have been working open sources and, uh, and, and have been on shows like this and other shows, you follow most of them. But to Rise Attire's point, as far as those on the inside, I, I really wish 
really wish we can get an, an accounting and, and a little bit of a, I don't know, a, a signal flare that they exist and that they have some kind of real influence and they're, will, they're willing to actually um, go and, and do their patriotic duty at some point. Haven't seen that now. Kevin Kleinsmith didn't even get disbarred. I mean, show me. Is there is there a court clerk? Is there a clerk in Washington D.C. that uh, that doesn't want to serve evil willingly? I would love for one of them to raise their hands. Swickley says, thanks, Frank. Always grateful for you and your guests. God bless you and your family. Thank you, Swickley. I can take all those blessings, and I will keep them in the bank, and I'm returning them to you as well. Thank you. Secret Weapon says, thanks, Frank. Just bought my uh, more Nevada goldbacks tonight. Something to tuck away. As I, and I should have brought that up with him, too. And again, it makes gold transactional. Because like he just said, uh, you know, an ounce or a one-ounce gold bar, you're talking about $2,000. And that is a depressed number. You think about what silver should be if that ratio of 240 pieces of silver stock paper that is supposedly backed up by, well, you know, it's supposed to be one ounce a piece is backed up by about one ounce of actual silver. You think about what silver should be. So if you think that $2,000 an ounce for gold is, is a lot, that's just a depressed number. So it makes it a little bit more transactional if you want to toss somebody a gold back for, you know, a, a service rendered or anything that you believe is is uh, commensurate with whatever you're exchanging. But I'm glad that everybody out there is taking these things seriously in their own households and thinking about food and water and communication and and watching good good stuff and reading good books and praying a lot more and exercising that's really what it's all about and i think that overall we're just going to become a healthier and healthier audience and then beyond that healthier and healthier nation and let everybody else just burn themselves out did all you can social observer says i forgot to subscribe on my last rant oh social observer uh, social observer is now a subscriber on Rumble. I know that that is a thing now. There's a couple more Rumble rants. No, wait, wait, that was it. Thank you so much, everybody, on Rumble. And then finally, I just want to say good night, and tomorrow is another day. I'm looking forward to hump day with you all. Maybe I'll see you on the Gilded chat. Get into the Gilded. Get on over to quitefrankly.tv and take a look around. There is a new blog post that you can read there. If you read it now, you'll have a little bit of a background of where we're going on Thursday night. So, Thank you, guys and gals. Did I lose, leave out anything on my notes here? No. Whatever I left out will go into tomorrow. All right. Well, what else do I have? Just say goodnight, Frank. Get the hell out. Go. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatters. Starting with The Sentinel, Stostube, Dooku Dan, This Is Fine, and then Ken Dahl Swan, looking for a date tonight. Thank you to everybody over on Rockfin. Thank you to everybody on Rumble and Pilled on QuiteFrankly.tv. 
You guys have been wonderful to me, and uh, as always, thank you to Tony Arterburn for showing up and hanging out with me tonight as well. Go and check out Wise Wolf Gold and Silver on the affiliates page on QuiteFrankly.tv. When you're carousing everything else, good night. I meant to say peruse. Peruse while you're perusing everything else, not carousing. Just a little bit of a reminder, a word to the wise, if you will. Do not worry about the worries from yesterday. Leave it in the past. Move forward with confidence because there are so many new things to be experienced today, new joy to be had. So move forward, be strong, and have a great rest of your day. Will you shut up? No.